that's not what I'm worried about. That's just that's a short time to be moving to Utah. I'm not moving. I'm just going to work there. Oh, what are you working on? Uh, my aunt runs a research station for Mars because the terrain <laughs> is just like Mars. So uh, I'm going to be You're doing laughing, science it's like, stuff. It's, it's so no, cool, it's, Tommy. It's, yeah, it's, it's really, cool, so it's really it's, cool. I'm laughing because it's like way too cool for it's uncharacteristically cool. For Linnea <gasps> to suddenly be working on Mars oh my research. God. Guess what? I'm gonna do. They have a Mars University, and I'm gonna be the actor in the videos. Oh shit! Well now, okay, now it makes sense. I didn't think that this <laughs> role would ever be the role. I was like, that you were born to play that role. That, that's the role you were born to play. <laughs> Mars are, Ambassador Linnea Grow. Yeah, yeah. Mars University Ambassador. There's a lot of Mars content do you get to like be with like a monkey because usually you know how when you go to space you get a monkey hey guys space this is a podcast in fact this is the current podcast that i'm on that we're on i don't know we haven't decided this is a test episode i like that it's one person i like that it's i'm on yeah i guess it gives us leniency if everyone's gone one time and you just have to yeah. do it by and yourself. And the, the idea is that if, if God forbid, if one person were to be speaking out loud to another person about uh, this experience, that they would have to tell them, hey, I listen to the current podcast that I'm on. That's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a good sentence. And that's uh, our name. Yeah, so... I would like to speak directly to Linnea's mother now. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, this, welcome to the segment of the show. Hi, Linnea's mom. Hi, Linnea's mom. Can I call her by name? Can I call her Aaron? Can I call Can I call you Aaron? Um, welcome to the podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Um, listening to <laughs> us. Um, and I would like to directly speak to Melanie's... Uh, someone who clicked on Melanie's Facebook page. Michael. It's probably Michael Brandon. Michael. So we're directly speak to Michael. Hello. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome, Michael. So Uh, the three of us. Oh, who's going to. What about Jacob? Is Jacob going to listen? Yeah. Jake Israel, uh, you suck. I don't worry. I hate hate that guy. Oh, three listeners. Yes. Let's take a step back. Why are we making a podcast? Who are we? Well, the three of us are pop culture <laughs> connoisseurs, you could say. I watch a lot of movies, play a lot of video games. I watch a lot of TV. She also loves a lot of Vine stars and TikTokers. I do love Vine. Teeny boffer bullshit. And you Linnea, know, I just wanted to say a little analogy that I learned from a person who is talking about businesses and entrepreneur, entrepreneurial skills. Yeah. <laughs> and <try>. they said <laughs> that. The hedgehog knows, no, the fox knows a lot of things, but the hedgehog knows one big thing. So the main thing that we need to do in creating our business together, and we need to figure this out right now, is what is the one big thing that we know? What is the one main thing that we are wanting to spread to our viewers? Do we want to share content? Do we want to share comedy? Or do we want to share just just like a friendship simulator? I think controversial all of the above no is we're our just ambition. then we're, we're the, the fox that knows we're not the fox. we need to be the hedgehog <laughs> so i would you know what? fuck it we're not a business we're a podcast <laughs> so yeah we can be the fox for now 
Yeah, some people made a business out of a podcast, though. So, you know. It happens. It's not going to happen here, but it, it has happened. So what we're going to do, we each have three different things from our universes uh, of I'm going to stop you for a second. I really do think you should introduce the podcast one time, just clean. Just like, get, I like thought a that's clean what introduction. I did. I, thought that's I really what don't think done. you did. Tell me. I really don't think you did. I think we should okay. just step back. Take take 35. Hey, uh, this is the current podcast that I'm on. Yes, that's really the title. And we are here to talk about pop culture and media, just like whether it's TV or video games or music, potentially theater, musicals. Whatever it is that strikes our fancy, probably, yeah, they're shaking their heads. Probably less of that. Uh, yeah, not musicals. They don't wanna, I don't want to go there. They don't want to admit that we're all fucking theater kids, but I'll say it. I I don't. You can edit that out, though, so it doesn't matter, I guess, to me. No, that was truth. I'm leaving that in. So what we're going to talk about today, um, I think I'll start because I feel like mine is probably the most broad. I think the others might get a little more irrelevant and obscure, but <laughs> hopefully funnier. I can't believe I can't believe how wrong you are. I can't believe how wrong you are. I well, we'll see. I only know like I know just a tiny bit of what I think you're going to be talking about, but hey, I'm excited Lene, I, to be proven wrong. Yeah, what's up? Can we do a sidebar really quick? Um Yeah. So I don't think Tommy researched anything. I think he's just going to try and <laughs> remember what Marvel has coming out next week. That's he's fine. just going to try and like, you think that's okay? Yeah. Can I interject like whenever though? Uh, yes. But Melanie, okay. you're wrong. And I'm just remembering whatever the DCEU is coming out with. Now. Ah, I wish Hannah was here. Okay. Let's talk about the dc eu the dc extended universe now i realize Why, i'm probably actually, yeah i i'm sorry or i already have questions um why is it why is it an extended universe well i'm glad you asked because okay so the marvel movies are called the mcu the marvel cinematic right. universe but the dc eu i guess they didn't want it to be the dccu so mm -hmm. it's extended as oh, in okay. extended from the comics and the like cartoon movies that they make and everything. Right. And is DC Superman? Yes. Yeah. And Batman <laughs> Wonder Woman. They're the darker ones, right? Yes. They have seemed darker and less yeah. mass appeal, but they don't. It doesn't necessarily equate to like a better film. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Actually, in my opinion. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> for someone who didn't know if they're Superman or not, you pretty much hit the nail on the head. So nice one. <laughs> uh, the reason I decide to talk about this is because we're at a point where Wonder Woman 1984 just came out the other week. Uh, I haven't seen it. Have either of you? I I have seen it. I saw probably the middle 30 minutes of it. Wow, that. How'd you do that? So I saw when it was like the plot was just starting to uh, like the first big encounter with the bad guy. What about you, Linnea? I have not seen it, but I've seen a lot of like tweets of people being underwhelmed about it. That's all I've seen. Yeah, 
I'm, Can I'm I give you my sister's review? Sure. So Hannah said, I would have rather had a Gal Gadot, Chris Pine romantic comedy where they just kissed Ooh. and hung wow. out the whole time. That's what she wanted. She was, she, she said she checked out for all the parts that Chris Pine was not in. That's interesting. So is it, is it not Brie Larson? <laughs> no, Brie Larson <laughs> no. is a different person and she's in Marvel. She's Captain Marvel. Marvel. That's Marvel girl. Okay. (laughs) How could you confuse Captain Marvel with Wonder Woman? Please. They're two entirely unique characters. Uh, Um, So that movie came out. I haven't watched it. I I might. But I've always not been that interested in these movies, even though I know a lot about them. I've tried to give them a shot many times. And they have tried to reconfigure what they're doing many times. In fact, there was an interview with Walter Hamada, who is a big wig at Warner Brothers, who's in charge of handling the DCEU. And it's been a rocky seven years for this venture, but he was confident, even though he's like a new hire, uh, that they'll be able to get things on track. And his plan for doing so I think you'll find interesting. So this article on the New York Times about Walter uh, and the whole Warner Brothers DC situation. Was he brought in to fix it or is he just a new hire for? Yeah, well, brought in to fix it slash. I think the old exec in charge uh, was fired. I mean, there's the movie's not doing that well, but there's also like allegedly this whole kind of uh racism investigation going on because spicy i like it the actor who played cyborg this is a tangent but the actor who played cyborg uh started this whole thing against them because he felt that uh i think his main person he had beef with was joss whedon who was brought in to direct justice league he was brought in to direct Justice League after Zack Snyder had to step out. Oh Tommy I think I guess are you talking about Fantastic Four? Nope so talking about the flash uh, he's linnea linnea is a psycho you're lying about your uh lack of knowledge about superheroes you love superheroes it's on your screen it's just coming out (laughs) you're sharing this an article about the flash it might be (laughs) it, it may or may not be on the screen i'm just gonna read a little short passage here mr hamada and mr emmerich had two options Figure out how to make the various storylines and character incarnations coexist or start over, which is referring to the fact that uh, some of the DC movies right now, like uh, Joker and the new Batman movie that's coming out, they are clearly using different actors for characters that had previously been established. So they say that the answer is the multiverse. Boiled down, it means that some characters will continue their adventures on Earth-1, while new incarnations will populate Earth-2. So they're saying that it's like different alternate universe versions of them, and they're the same characters, they're just played by different actors? Is that what they're doing to like justify the, the different actors? Is that what you're saying? The disc to justify discontinuity, you mean? Yeah. Once again, your reads are 100 percent because uh, it says here the flash 
which is a film coming out in 2022, will link the two universes and feature two Batmans with Mr. Affleck. He's returning as one. And then Michael Keaton will be returning as the second. That's risky. Um, <laughs> I don't even know if you have the answer to this question, actually, Tommy. But like, how are they going to justify, like, let's say, like, Joaquin Phoenix's the Joker versus uh, not Hugh Laurie, Heath Ledger, Heath Ledger's uh, the Joker. How do they justify that, like, two different individuals became the Joker? Like, what are they well, doing with that? So Heath Ledger, uh, Christopher Nolan's trilogy which came before all this. And right. in my opinion, all this is kind of trying to ape the success of starting with Man of Steel and then through Batman versus Superman and mm -hmm. all those movies. Uh, that's its own thing, because Christopher Nolan was like, oh, you want me to come back and like have Christian Bale come back and do more Batman? No, I fuck yeah. that. I'm out. So that's why they had to recast Batman as ben affleck and now the two jokers in this universe are jared leto and joaquin phoenix but we like him right we like jared leto's joker uh, who no, am i supposed to like that's do funny. i like jared leto that's... or do i like joaquin phoenix if, if you're asking <laughs> tell me how i'm supposed to feel if you're asking should i like jared leto i think the answer is always no that's just me okay work well i think what like the main thing that I think about, and I'm wondering if you think that this is kind of what's happening, is like Christopher Nolan. Is he the guy that directed the Batman? Yeah. The he original did, Batman? Uh, yeah, like Dark Knight. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that he like he knows that sequels inherently like are really shitty because I was thinking about it in terms of like Big Little Lies, like Big Little Lies season one. True Detective. Well, True Detective is different cast, but Big Little Lies season one is phenomenal. Because you have these people coming together for this one thing. It's like a one-time thing. Yep. All the electricity is there. And then you're trying to recreate the thing. And that's why season two, like, I didn't like it. And I think that, is that like kind of what's going on? Is they're just trying to recreate something that, you know, was a one-time thing. And then it's like, if well, yeah, that's true. I mean, if you did like a Sweeney Todd two or whatever. It's true. I won't shitty. say that sequels on their own are inherently shitty because The Dark Knight was the second of the Batman it's movies so that he good. did. Yeah, so it's the good. best one. But and but was it was it intended as a trilogy? I th yes. think it was. Yeah, because yeah. they leave hints at the so end. So they were on like that momentum. Yeah, and and that's the that's the I liked all three of those. That's the point I'm making is that when it's the same person who kind of has an idea of like this is the arc that I want to tell, then I think uh sequels can be better than the previous ones but when it's yeah. mm -hmm. oh i'm done making this thing and i'm gonna turn it over to someone else now who doesn't really understand it as well then that's what you get with all these dc movies which are trying to piggyback off of the other ones but at the same time like negating the existence of the other ones by doing their own thing what about thor like thor had taika waikiti yeah, and then they had different directors. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I can't pronounce his name. You different directors. It. Those are those that different directors. Well, that's true, but in that case, I think the tissue that connects the two is Kevin Feige produced both of them. So even though it was a wildly different 
interpretation of the character and like the trilogy, I think it worked because it still was true to what was good about those first two movies, which was the relationship between him and Loki and mm-hmm. um, kind of like building that outer space, like weird Norse, <laughs> but also sci-fi world. Yeah. And yeah. it cut out all the earth shit. Like they, so they, they didn't have to deal Natalie with Natalie Portman. Other... Yeah. They cut out Natalie. They cut out Natalie. Poor Natalie. <laughs> I don't know Thor as well as I thought I did. I saw Thor and I didn't like it because it was too long and I didn't know what was happening. And there were too many locations. I'm a two location yeah. gal. I liked the first one. And then I tried to watch the Taika Waikiki one and I was like, I probably would really like this. But I, I was bored. Uh, I could tell gonna, it was like I'm better gonna need quality. A new, I'm going to need a new pronunciation of Taika Waititi's name Taika every time. Waititi. You guys are doing it right. <laughs> Taika Waititi. It's Taika Waititi. She said Taika Waitiki. Uh, which is my my favorite my favorite well, definitely with Taika with Taika they hired him because they liked the style they had continuity of everything except the style of direction yeah and is the people that they're hiring for the ECU or whatever the fuck what yeah. is it it the DC, DC. they're just hiring them DCU. to replicate what happened before and not really like caring about what they can actually bring to the table. Yeah, they're they're more I think they're more so like replacing what came before instead of trying to build off it. Cause like with Thor, it's gotcha. like, oh, you still have Chris Hemsworth, you still have um what's Tom Hiddleston. Like it's still the same world. Loki. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh but let's look at like Justice League versus Batman versus Superman. Batman versus Superman was um a bad movie. Yeah, a terrible movie. It was the only the second film in uh, the series. It was Man of Steel, which was a Superman movie. It was Batman versus Superman. I would argue Superman. that Man of Steel was still worse than Batman versus Superman, and I won't budge on that. And that's they it. were they were both bad. I took my dad to see Man of Steel for Father's Day and felt bad about it. Oh, <laughs> I went to the midnight. I went to the midnight premiere. That is, I saw I it at drive-through. Wow. Yeah, that's the way to see it, honestly, Lynn. That's actually sounds it like was a so like, fucking boring. I'm surprised oh, that both no. so it it really seems like we all saw that and realized, oh, we're not on board <laughs> with this anymore and just dropped Well, off. yeah, it was because it was like it was like the first DC move. I mean, like there hadn't been a Superman for all there hadn't been a Batman for a while, and there uh-huh. certainly hadn't been a Superman for a while. And so all of my Mormon yeah. friends were like this is the one that the church gets behind because <laughs> it has all the Jesus allegories. I actually don't. <laughs> I can't prove that wrong. I will say that when I saw it, the radio wasn't working. So I saw it with the sound off the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, almost makes it better in my opinion. I only remember like one scene. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I probably remember like something in an office I fell asleep for seemingly an hour or two, woke up, a giant satellite exploded. I said, that looked expensive. I fell back <laughs> asleep and then I drove my friends home. <laughs> that was the <laughs> whole experience for me. Yeah. I mean, fair enough. But so that was so fair that enough. was their Iron Man. That was the 
foot they started on. No, they were wrong. And then they did Batman versus Superman, and which was still like in the same style at least. But then they do Suicide Squad. It was like generally like, I don't know, it looked dark and grimy. So it was like kind of similar, but it was like trying to be kind of like a comedy. It was really awkward and bad. And then you got Mm -hmm. Wonder Woman, which is nothing like those other movies. Brie Larson. No. Damn, that's Gal. Gal loved the first Wonder Woman. Obsessed. I mean, I don't I, I don't blame you. Like I saw it and I was like, hey, you know what? I don't think it was outstanding, but that was a pretty good movie. And that's Gal Gadot, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's Gal. Um, famous anti-Palestinian. Correct. You, you need to keep going. We do yeah, to just shut I'll, up. I'll get to the meat of my point. I'll wrap this up. So okay. you have Wonder Woman. OK, like kind of optimistic, like inspiring. Sure. Kind of kind of cheery Justice League, which was going to be super dark and edgy like the last ones, because it was going to be directed by Zack Snyder. But then Joss Whedon took over and then it kind of just became like knockoff brand Avengers and then Aquaman, which is its own fucking thing. Shazam. <laughs> I heard it was good. Uh, I did. I heard it was good. Shazam. Aquaman is uh, Darth Darth Vader. No. You know, the Game of Thrones guy. Jason no. Momoa. Jason. Yes. I was thinking of his <laughs> character from Game of Thrones. Cal Jericho. That sounds yeah. like Darth, Darth Maul. Call. Drogo? Yeah. Darth Maul. Darth Vader. Uh, <laughs> I don't know where my point is anymore. Oh, so <laughs> so you have Shazam and then Birds of Prey and then Wonder Woman 1984. So basically all I'm trying to say is these movies are trying to like reset what kind of movies DC movies are with each one. Okay. Yeah. And I think they do it so often that there's more than an Earth 1 and Earth 2. I think there's like Earth 1 through 5. That just sounds exhausting. Well, to to wrap up, the quote that Walter gives at the end of this article is, I don't think anyone else has ever attempted this, but audiences are sophisticated enough to understand it. If we make good movies, they will go with it. Oh, sorry. I was I, well. That's, I was gonna ask you. Do you think he's right or wrong? But there's Melanie. He's vote. fucking wrong. Also, in and ending that with a that no one has attempted to do that before. Yeah, no, it's not true. Also, ending it with the Kirkland brand version of "If you build it, they will come" makes me feel <laughs> like I have a bad taste in my mouth. Um, <laughs> Lynn, have you thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I I interjected that it sounds exhausting earlier, and I just. Yeah, think that it it is. It's like they're just really trying to put in a lot of work into something and it just ends up just being like you don't have to work that hard. Yeah, and I yeah. Just, like audiences are smart enough. But like, honestly, when I'm going to see a superhero movie, Tommy, I don't want to have to work. I'm already tired. It's true. He's saying if they make good movies, like people will come anyway. Like, who cares? But you need to still understand what the fuck is happening. And 
I know that Superman Man of Steel was pretty cut and dry. And I do now know what it was about because I went back and I learned about it and I was told about it. Um, But it's still confusing. Marvel operates under the understanding that they have a lot of chances to make movies with content. Mm-hmm. DC seems like they're never going to get a chance to make a second movie and they have to put too much shit into each one. Yeah. I feel like I'm talking like an expert. I don't know what I'm talking about. That's what this show is. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for a great message from our sponsors, Casper Mattress. Yeah, shout out Casper. Life's better on a Casper. I feel like I'm floating on air, just like that friendly ghost. (laughs) My topic is a lot of I, I wanted to go after Tommy because I think that it is similarly a piece of media that is way more complicated than it needs to be. It's like it's a standalone thing and then it just got it's just so much that you can do every every January. We wake up and we say, oh, thank God the bachelor's on. Oh, and yes! that's what we're talking about today. <laughs> but I'm not talking about just the bachelor. I'm talking about the big news for the bachelor that happened on. Yes! Uh, it got released yesterday, yeah! I believe, or December 3rd. So the Instagram post was December 31st. So Peter. Weber, 29 year old airline pilot who was the bachelor on The Bachelor this season, uh, and Kelly Flanagan, who was not the woman that he got nope. engaged to or got together with on the show, but the woman that he was with. They split up. So they were quarantining together in Chicago. And she is a 28 year old lawyer, Kelly Flanagan. And, um, From this news, I was just like looking at celebrity news and I was just like, there is nothing that I care about, you know, a lot of not big things. But this, you know, I I did care about because I did watch a little bit of this show and uh, just a little bit from that. I've learned that this is a whole saga. So the show aired in January and it wrapped in December. That means that last year, this is this is the last last year. Yeah. And what we saw on the show is Peter originally got engaged to Hannah Ann Sluss. So <laughs> Everyone likes the other Hannah better. Who was the other Hannah, Melanie? Do you remember? So the other Hannah was Hannah. Mm, I want to say Hannah Baker. B because I'm thinking Hannah Brown. But um, I think I also might Hannah be thinking Baker, of 13 a, Reasons Why. Hannah, no, not that one. Um, not Hannah Baker. So. There were three brunette ladies and they all looked pretty much the same. That's because everyone on that show looks the same. So he originally got engaged to Hannah Ann Sluss and then he broke up with her. Then he proposed to another woman named Madison Pruitt, who had very long eyelashes. That's her main thing that I remember. And they had a relationship for two days and had a breakup that lasted six hours in a (laughs) hotel. And the whole thing about Madison is that uh, Peter's mom was very against Madison because she liked Hannah Ann better. And uh, Madison didn't want to meet Peter's family. And initially... Yeah, I thought that this was like written by production. I mean, I thought all of this shit was written by production, but people have like receipts and shit. And there's like a screen grab of an Instagram post that was written by the mom and she sent it to somebody. Can I say I do 
even as someone who doesn't watch these uh, Bachelor shows yet, uh, I do appreciate that you're able to see behind the veil with text messages and social media and all this it, shit it that you couldn't so see much. before. What's amazing is how much is like this is like an extended universe where it's like this show was made. <laughs> this is the extended, the BCEU Bachelor Extended Universe. Can I do the fastest blurb one about the Bachelor universe? Because it's a thing. No, please do. I didn't know about this until okay. I saw this so, article. And then so I went the Bachelor wormhole. universe is actually a thing. So once you uh, let me just like throw you into like a basic trajectory. So let's say uh, yeah, just toss me. Uh, let's say um, Tommy is the bachelor for a season and Linnea and I are both contestants because we both want to marry Tommy so bad. And uh, basically what happens is Linnea and I are now in the bachelor universe. So is Tommy sort of, but the real game is to be in the bachelor universe. You want to be one of the contestants that now gets you to a point where you could either be the next bachelorette or, Mm -hmm. or you could be on bachelor in paradise or, or, Lynn, or you can start a both. podcast. I see what you're saying. And you and no, it's always and it's always, it's always and for the podcast. It's always and you start a podcast. Also, <laughs> the podcast is never your you, goal. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> it's part. It's a stepping stone. Um, they all have podcasts. They all have Instagram accounts. They are all making more money selling yoga mats mm-hmm. than any of mm-hmm. us will ever see in our entire lives. Um, it's it is. It is just getting to be a contestant on the show and making it past like episode three, I think is like the goal. You are the money. You are in the universe. You almost certainly have another opportunity to be on the show. And then you just want to be someone like Bennett, who was on our recent Bachelorette season, who kept saying he was from Harvard. And so now he's obviously going to be on The Bachelor in Paradise because he is the Harvard asshole. That's it, Lynn. Continue. Okay. No, totally. I'm I'm just going to like follow this Kelly narrative and then I, can't um, wait. I, I just want to talk about like how much i had to like search around and how much information out there <laughs> there is for this one woman so sh- her whole thing is she they met pre-production they met at like a i don't know i i listened to this podcast uh that is bachelor nation that they interviewed him and uh and then there's also information on like this cosmo articles where they met pre-production so they met one night and then his whole talking about him it was just like listening to someone that like just started dating this girl and is just like yeah i went out for drinks with my pal jerry and then she was there and then we hit it off but then it's like there's millions of people listening to that and that they care about that. Um, so they have two finales. As far as I can tell, they have a women tall all, and then they have a Rose special. So in the finale, women tell all Kelly wasn't at that reunion. And people were saying that that was a plant of suspicion. But Peter said that Kelly was having uh, family problems, like she was having like death or illness in the family. So I'm assuming that she just wasn't there because they had problems. Their moms are literally always dying. Their moms are always dead or dying. <laughs> like, yeah, well, they're in their 30s. I mean, it's 2020. Come on. No, I yeah, mean, you whatever. don't make it. You uh, literally do not make it to the top unless you have a family member who is currently in hospice. It's always, it's the game. <laughs> you have to go in with a dead ass parent or it's not going to work out for you. Yeah. 
<laughs> so that was a drama where it was like they didn't like say Kelly wasn't sick. They just left it up in the air. So apparently they weren't dating during that time. They all say they weren't dating during that time. But in the After the Rose special, which is the finale part two, Kelly was in the audience, which made people be like, oh, are they dating because she's there? Because I'm assuming no other girls were in the um, audience. Um, OK. And Peter's whole thing is he was like, yeah, we never started dating. We weren't dating. We weren't dating. I listened to this uh, uh, podcast that was like in August, the Bachelor Nation thing. And he still was saying we aren't dating, but we are quarantining together in Chicago. All of her roommates Wait, are okay. gone and she was having hard family time. So I came over and I'm living there. That is my home base. And I'm actually so having I'm sex with her. <laughs> well, it, it says that they were dating in the Instagram thing starting December 31st. I have a clarifying question for you. So were they dating... Are you saying they were dating right after the filming of The Bachelor of last season? He was saying it didn't happen. They were saying starting um, right after the quarantine got enforced that they started quarantining together. Got you. So that's a- right. As friends. Yeah. Yeah. We're just friends. And OK, yeah. so I, I did. I did some math. So yeah. <laughs> if we are assuming that around the Women Tell All episode that she was not at March 2nd, 2020, they kind of started dating after she because he said that basically he was living with her kind of to comfort her and to have somebody there for her because she was having <laughs> these family problems, which yeah, was right. March 20th, 2020. If we're assuming that she was absent, the women tell all because of the family problems. So it was probably mid-March around that March 15th. You know, that's when the main coronavirus hit. We're going to assume March 20th to December 31st, which was when the Instagram post about them you know, them they're not not dating stopped happening. So we're assuming they've been from March 15th to December 31st. They've been at least living a little bit together. So that's about eight months, nine months. It's just like once you're in the same apartment as somebody for quarantine, you're dating. But like whether you started dating before yeah. that mm-hmm. or not, once you were in the same apartment and you were attracted to each other in any sense, it goes from comforting to like comforting. It's that. Uh, they're having nice. sex. It's mm-hmm. true. Thank you. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, we're just going to be bunker buddies. Yeah. And he we're was being dating. so coy. Yeah. And they're but always you know like that. that. He's being paid like a thousand dollars for every ounce of coyness that he like, gives like, to publicity like mil- people. Like millions. Like disgu- he's oh, dripping yeah. in money there. Um, there was a similar issue with the recent uh, the recent bachelorette, the one who who didn't make it very far. Claire, she just like fell in love with like the the third guy to walk through the door and there was a huge controversy about like a huge controversy about her having like did she talk to him before and they kept saying no 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 no, we didn't talk and this is giving me absolutely it's giving me those vibes and so on top of what lynn is saying is it piggybacking off of that other drama is it is it another is it are they trying to piggyback on claire well I actually here's one thing that I I want to speculate upon for like the impetus for this. So the whole thing about this season is like they kind of they didn't get closure because he like proposed to somebody and then he took it back and then he started dating somebody and then it stopped. So like I'm assuming at the end of each bachelor, he ends up with somebody, right? Yeah. Yeah. Usually. So. 
this time, because the storyline got so convoluted towards the end, which they probably made because they were intending for a big like woohoo at the end, they didn't um, get him with a woman. So they were like, oh, (laughs) we have to have this ongoing PR stunt or actual dating of this woman. So these bachelor people, even after the show stops, they are still consuming our media until the fateful day, December 31st, 2020, when they broke up. (gasps) So it's like the show, even though the show doesn't get, uh, you know, it's only got 12 episodes. It's, Capturing the minds of millions for a full year. And so, and so then you even take it like that December 31st is two days ago. Um, and the next season of The Bachelor is on Monday. That mm-hmm. Lynn, you have mm-hmm. so much validity there. That is fun. <laughs> wow, that is something. That's okay. actually something. Wait. So so I'm curious. So as far who do you think is like behind <laughs> who's the who's the, the source chris harrison it's chris, so like, it's chris harrison yeah it's chris harrison <laughs> who's, who's pulled the strings <laughs> my actual question is like do you think the producers are genuinely like they they want to do something with these people in the next season so they're like in touch with them and trying to get them to prolong the drama or no. are the people Mm-mm. prolonging the drama themselves because they know that they can stay relevant by i think so. they're disposable yeah, they're just disp- okay. they're absolutely disposable. And and if they don't if they don't churn out drama, they just aren't relevant anymore. My right. my genuine theory is like if you think about like uh if you think about communities just that happen naturally like choir or um theater or um band, I don't know, shit, like just like like cultural communities that just like come out of like something that you guys are all involved in. Theater departments are incestuous. Oh yeah. The Bachelor Nation. Survivor is incestuous. All the Survivor, Survivor people marry yeah. each other. All of that shit. All of it. Like they're all they're constantly in each other's lives. The drama happens naturally, and it's just who mm. you're gonna pick. It's just who you're gonna pick to follow. Like Lynn, you've seen. Yeah, you've seen this through Survivor, and Tommy, you've seen this through. I'm sure. Um, uh, Big Brother. Through Big Brother. Yeah. yeah. I so that. Yep. it doesn't happen in a uh, in Project Runway. So I don't actually have a. They're all wholesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that I think that y'all are really onto something with um, this news breaking right before yeah um, the the new season comes out. That is pretty wild. Yeah, it is. Like, that's well, pretty good, Lynn. We're not gonna be. We're not gonna attempt to compete with the new season. So we'll just go until then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then we'll just drop it. And then maybe we'll do like reactions later and get people hyped as hell for the new season. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, he's got a lease signed for like somewhere else and he's been just like holding out until the next season comes out. I will say, I think that this Kelly Flanagan goes down with uh, Becca, the woman who was Becca, missing. that's what I was thinking of. And then showed Crazy up on Becca. The Bachelor. Yeah. I think that uh, Kelly, Kelly's number two in my rating of Bachelor yeah. contestants. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I, I would say that the best Bachelorette ever to exist on this and on Gad's green earth is Hannah Brown. Everyone oh. knows that. Um, yeah. Hannah Brown is my real totally. mom. She's I've heard my of real her. mom. Um, yeah, she's she's my real mom. I remember the last thing that I wanted to say about The Bachelor. Yeah, I remember Hannah Brown. Everyone looks the same. Um, but she's like. <laughs> they all have the same face. <laughs> I don't remember what uh, they look like usually, but I remember what they said. <laughs> 
This show, I believe, is capitalizing upon people who like to Instagram stalk people that they are exes Ooh. with and just like search everything oh. because this this Cosmo article is like literally it's like taking a screen grab of Peter's Instagram story and being like the rug on the chair is from his cringy TikTok matches the one in her old story. So <laughs> this show the 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 multiverse of the bachelor is capitalizing upon people who like to stalk people online this is this is funny this is like uh, alternate reality games have been a thing since like 2004 at least but I, they were only like for nerds to advertise new halo games coming out i didn't realize that in 2020 we were seeing the advent of bachelor args for girls and women and gays. Oh, this is absolutely and and boys it, yes, and gays. It's, it's the girls, the gays, and the they. They find boys too. The good boys. I honestly, I I did watch this with two of my straightest friends. Uh, two boys. I know. Two boys straight. Straight people love to watch The Bachelor. They do. They because it's just like <laughs> I mean, the, it's I, the, I'm the not epitome it of heteronormativity. Just, it is just like one big oh, beast yeah, boy yeah, yeah. with a bunch of like bimbos <laughs> who we love we love that they're bimbos and they're valid ladies and also a lot of them have doctorates for some reason um and you can switch mm -hmm. that around too we got a lot of like bachelorette contestants the boys a lot of those guys are just straight up like medical doctors we love to see we love to see the himbos and the bimbos just like try and get it on we love it we love that straight shit do you guys have any any takeaways from this I wish we'd get Ashler because I do have a I can do an interpretive speech of uh, Pilot Pete's Instagram story about him and Kelly's breakup, but I don't want to step upon any any big takeaways. My takeaway is that uh, maybe I'll watch this show this year. Who knows? The Bachelor's happening maybe it's on time. Monday. We could have like a little Bachelor Monday. check in on the podcast. Oh my Monday. god! Maybe Monday. it's time. Monday. All right. So I'm going to close out with a little. Pilot Pete. <laughs> I can't wait. I love this. Love is a funny thing. It can make you feel on top of the world. And it can make you feel a pain you wish didn't exist. Work. <laughs> I'm here to share that Kelly and I have decided to go our separate ways. While our relationship was filled with countless beautiful memories. Our relationship simply didn't work out in the end. Kelly is someone I will always have a special love for. Someone I have learned more from than she will ever understand. <laughs> someone I am so thankful came into my life. And someone who I will always wish all of life's greatest blessings on. These moments in life always hurt. But in my opinion, that shows you it was worth the time you spent together. Thank you, Kelly. I, I felt like it was breaking up with me. <laughs> I felt like it was breaking up with me, the fan. Not me, well, like, I mean, I'm yeah. Kelly. Like, me, the It fan. really puts to like, bed like, all so of those sorry. things that he said that they weren't yeah. just quarantining together. Like, you don't yeah, say exactly. that about somebody that you were just quarantining <laughs> together with. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. Hey, uh, we were... I don't say that about my mom. 
I had a high school boyfriend like that who was like, uh, hey, uh, I thought you were my girlfriend and I'm breaking up with you. That, that <laughs> oh, energy no. was like, it's oh, absolutely like, that. She, oh my God, that'd be so funny. Like she reads <laughs> she that and know. she's like, we were dating? We were dating, yeah. I thought we were just hooking up. <laughs> I thought we were doing it for Instagram. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was for the likes. I thought it was for the gram, bud. <laughs> Are you guys ready for my topic? Because I don't think you are. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I guess we have no choice. So this is about the chilling adventures of Sabrina. This the final season. The season finale of Chilling Adventures of Sabrina has been referred to as irrevocably terrible. <laughs> and uh, talk to me. And it has also <laughs> been referred to by the rap as is sure to be a final scene that hits the fans in the feels. Um, oh, no. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> not the, the feels. Um, oh, my my feel. All, all of them. <laughs> um, so the reason that uh, the final episode of um, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina was so controversial is because Sabrina dies. That's the that's the Spoiler! big sorry. Whoa. Not even necessarily because Sabrina dies. She dies in a pretty typical way. She has died before. Um what? many Wait. characters on that show have died before. <laughs> Canonically, she's died. So Sabrina, the teenage witch, does not take death seriously. That's kind of its thing. It's like, okay, people die, people mm. come back. You put some magic dirt on them, they come back. It's oh. fine. You know, um, there's like literally a storyline where the ants keep murdering each other and they're like burying each other in the family uh cemetery, and then they just come back. And so there's like no stakes. There's literally no okay. stakes for that. So they they did a whole workup to the last episode of uh, the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, and they said, "Hey, death is real this time. This time she dies. It's for it's for real. It's actually happening." And that could be confusing to some uh, to some viewers because she did die literally to like go to hell and like become queen of hell and then like come back and like still be queen of hell, but just like also a teenage girl. So she died this time for real, and she went to the afterlife, which is different than hell. And different than where people live. Okay. She died in a huge heroic way. Everyone was down for it. It was a really like nice send off to our hero. And then they like decided to do something that was like really inappropriate. Um, they started, they decided to take her like teen love interest who she loves so much. His name is Nick. He's a warlock, super hunky brunette. We love it. He loves her so much. You guys. That he wants to be with her forever. Oh, and so they wait. just like did like a teen suicide uh, plotline for the last episode. He just kills himself so that he can be with his girlfriend forever for the rest of his life. Oh, sick. Uh, oh, it's like um, Romeo and Juliet. What a, a the most uplifting romantic ending of all time. So, and so here's, because it, here's it would be like if she was actually not dead, it would be like Romeo and Juliet. It would be, yeah. And then it was like, it's like a stupid <laughs> Romeo and Juliet. Your, yeah, it's like Romeo and Juliet. The whole thing is like, don't be an idiot and kill yourself to be with this asshole who you barely know. I know, yeah. that's, yeah. That's and this is like, yeah. no. If she's dead and you want to be with her forever in heaven. Go for go it. Go with God. Be with Jesus and be with your love. Be with your one true Ain't teenage no love. no mountain high enough. It is worth noting that after uh, 13 seasons, why? Or 13 Reasons Why, sorry. 13 Seasons Why! <laughs> 13 <laughs> Seasons, comma, why? Uh, 13 <laughs> Reasons Why. Um, 
there was an actual uptick in teen suicides um, mm-hmm. because yeah, the show that. spent yeah. the entire time romanticizing it. And mm-hmm. then after having all that knowledge, after having all the understanding of like the issue, um, Sabrina, the teenage witch, a show that typically doesn't care about what death means or has prepared children for like mourning or whatever. They fucking did it anyway. They do not care about you. Um, I also padded this story out with some information about season five of Riverdale. Do you guys want to know what happens? I have a question. Oh, yeah. Please ask me questions about this. How much is their viewership teens? Like, I'm wondering if they're like our target demographic is actually adults. Oh, that's actually a good question. Uh, I just feel like it might be. It might be like a, they're like assuming that their viewership is like the retrospective or like the people that are like, ooh, I grew up with Archie comics. I'm in my yeah, 50s. Yeah, yeah. And they're, they're like, they're not going to be like, oh, I'm going to kill myself because I watched a teen kill themselves. Well, yeah, I don't think exactly. I don't think people who actually read Archie comics care about these shows at all. My impression is that they are for kind of the. 20 to 30 range of like not teens but young adults who want something kind of edgy yeah that's that's probably what they whoever's in charge thinks is their target demographic so the creator of chilling adventures of sabrina you're gonna love this actually roberto aguera sacasa he is in charge of or like he's responsible for chilling adventures of sabrina uh he's responsible for katie keen God rest her. And he's responsible for Riverdale. He's also um, one of the current like head writers for the Archie comics. Hmm. Hmm. So like they are, they are absolutely linked. He also had a huge hand in uh, the TV show Glee. And uh, he's also responsible for the fact that Glee and Archie comics have a crossover issue. Whoa. So that ties into Tommy's topic, actually. It does, doesn't it? Yeah, crossovers. Yeah, I'm reading through his wiki page and he got his start like writing in comic books. And then that led well, he was writing TV at the same time, but that led into, um, yeah, working on Riverdale as uh, the showrunner, which was his big break, it seems like. And uh, also notably, he was responsible, notably, I'm going to never say that again. Um, she was also involved in an attempt to create an Archie's musical, um, in which, uh, Archie is gay. And that's the entire, like, that's the point of the musical is that Archie, in fact, is gay. And the original creator of Archie's comics completely shut him down. Um, saying that, like, basically, fuck you. I won't do that. Uh, he's not gay. Clearly he fucks Betty every day and every night. Um, and Veronica. He can't uh, choose. He's so, I'm so sorry. straight. I mean, well, in the comics, it was really more of a Betty centric storyline, although he does have to choose between Veronica and Betty in the early series. He, yeah, I've been consuming that. so much Archie's content in the last couple Wait, okay, months. So maybe you can answer a question that I absolutely have because I Archie's comics yeah. as as an outsider to me, it just looks like this wholesome kind of 50s, 60s relic yeah, it is for of. some reason is now like its biggest thing is this really edgy, like deviant art fanfic Riverdale show. Yes. About like murder and sex appeal and like all yes. this CW stuff. 
Yes. Like how, and how, modern <laughs> topics. It, it really doesn't feel faithful to the original so idea. It okay. Here's my here is my defense of that. So Archie's is consist has consistently been like the comic book has consistently been like a a comic book that really does try to stay up with the times. Um, okay. I mean, they started adding black characters before a lot of other comic books. They started adding gay characters before a lot of other comic books. And when I say before a lot of other comic books. Take that with a grain of salt, because I don't know dates and I didn't look into it. Um, but like they did, they have consistently kept up. Um, I don't know what their stance on trans folks are. So that's that. But they I feel like actually doing Riverdale makes sort of a lot of sense. It like it makes a lot of sense because it took Archie's, which is. Continuing, it's still going. By the way, Archie's is still going. They consistently come out with, um, with yeah, a, comics never end. With comics, yeah. Uh, but but they're like still kind of widely received. Like people like still like actually like there's like quite a bit of people who. Re- I don't understand comics, Tom. Yeah, um, all right. So I'm surprised I by that. Do, but as as an outsider, yeah. Like I grew up. My aunt had like a whole like room full of Archie comics. So I grew up on like the like more. I'm assuming like the older stuff, like I'm assuming it probably came out in like the 90s and then earlier. And it's just like these stock characters in these situations that are really mundane and like not really like the plot is always very just like, yeah, kind of derived from like 50s stuff. But I think it makes sense that you can project all of these like modern things like the few Riverside episodes that i watched like there was one where it was like all these women like excuse me excuse me riverdale (laughs) it's riverside sorry don't correct Uh, her i'm sorry uh, like these women rising up to like kill their rapist or something and like they're that happened taking (laughs) yeah yeah it's like you know if if there's such a bore not a boring but if such a you know not much stuff going on why not modernize it and have it yeah. be? And um, the other thing about like art or like the other thing about Riverdale in like kind of like the concept of the show is they rarely use technology. They don't. I mean, hmm. uh, if you take something like uh, I keep comparing it to Gossip Girl in my head because it's another show that I like binge during quarantine. But like Gossip Girl was like. This is technology. This is what this is what teens like. This is what we teen, we love. We love blogs. We love text messaging. We love that shit. Riverdale doesn't use cell phones really at all. I mean, every once in a while, like people will text each other. It's weird, but like it's not constant. And um, even like when they talk about, I mean, a huge aspect of it is there's like this teen detective energy about it. And but even they don't use when, phones. But they don't use phones, really. They go to the police department, they get files. They go to the <laughs> library, they look at books. It's it's very much that. And so wow. even though we're dealing with stuff, these are a couple topics addressed in a season two. Me Too movement, that's a huge one. Uh, they really delve into the idea that, like, Veronica was too ashamed to talk about a potential rape. Um, and she was piggybacking off of somebody else's event to make yourself feel more comfortable and depending on that to gain traction, to protect her from mm-hmm. an abuser, um, opioid addiction, which they only mentioned for like one fucking scene, but it stuck with me. 
Um, <laughs> the uh, the whitewashed history they refer to whitewashed history like that is the words they use. They talk about um, the uh, the serpents are actually a um, uh, a way for the native tribe of that area to survive in like some form that like means something. Um, they talk about the validity of sex work. They talk about um, parents who are in jail. They talk about sexualizing minors. Um, it is, they cram every topic into the show and they're all interweaving uh, topics at the same time, just like really just like fucking each other. Um, and sex, like also just sex. Uh, there's just oh, a lot of yeah. a lot of hot, hot teen sex. You can cut that out. <laughs> no, I'll keep that. Oh. I, uh, maybe, well, maybe I'll cut it. Uh, all right. Well, I have a question uh, that maybe I could ask to lead into like a conclusion. Unless yeah, Linnea, you have anything else. Oh, uh, Jughead is canonically asexual. New Jughead yes, he is. is in. He well, Jughead in the comics is canonically sexual, asexual, but that was a huge point of contention in the show because he fucks a lot. Uh, oh, he, no. he he fuck fuck fucks. So show Jughead Betty is Cooper. Yes, so that was. See, I would have just guessed that, that by the hat he's uh, an incel. Because damn that that hits really hard. I don't think the hat would get it going for me. You're right. Um, I I will just say that like kind of it's a the, weird hat. The I, I is would calling say that the him an incel erasing asexual representation. No, it's Tommy's right, misunderstanding of this. this. Yeah, maybe cut that part out. But like, <laughs> I'm just making a joke about his stupid hat. <laughs> <laughs> so I would say that um, uh, Jughead's a really annoying character in the beginning of the series, and he really redeems himself in season two. Anyway, but like. I, I was I guess my point was to take these two shows that um, one that decided Chilling Adventures of Sabrina to just not it, deal with issues at all. And then the one time they stumbled into issue territory, they fucked it the right the fuck up. And then Riverdale that is consistently decided we're sort of an after school special, but like fuck and sex and drug and drink um, and like cool teen shit. Interesting. Uh, that, Do you and think like, Secret Life of the American Teenager walked so Riverdale could run? I think that. And do you think that 13 Reasons Why uh, started up and then <laughs> tripped and stumbled and smashed its nose in the pavement so that these two Sabrina. could point laugh as they passed it <laughs> could fly could truly fly into heaven with each other arms wrapped around each other um i have no opinion on either of those shows because i actually don't know them i'm a gen z trash bitch that is where i sit <laughs> i am watching well, what the gen z watches why is pretty much that i'm just good the reason i bring it up so much is because i uh have seen like reaction videos of people watching that show because I don't have the patience to watch the show, but pe watching people watch the show, is, uh, is I found sort of is fun. adjacent. Yeah, it's it's the very much the, like the after school. Like they try to cram every single issue Everything they can in, yeah. and do it all very poorly. Uh, so my question is, okay, so we have Sabrina and Riverdale. Which would you recommend more? Do you think that like one of them? 
is a better written show or maybe one of them is worse and that makes it more entertaining what would you say so chilling adventures of sobrina and riverdale are shot the same uh have extremely similar direction styles uh, the lighting, the color design is the fucking same. They're entirely different shows. Um, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina is a monster of the week, especially the last season. That's a good conversation people had. And uh, I'm going to recommend Riverdale. I can't believe I'm saying wow. that because it gets dished on so hard. And like, for some reason, Sabrina, like, I think when but people sometimes get like something that's like crazy and that you can kind of laugh at at the same time as watching, like yeah. can be more entertaining. I've heard great Is that what you're things saying? about Riverdale. I've heard like people like Stan Riverdale. I... Oh, I love Riverdale. So, so Sabrina has this energy of like it's camp, it's camp, and we've decided we've walked into this knowing it's camp. Riverdale really thinks she is somebody like she really, <laughs> yeah. she really yeah. believes in what she is selling. And I love that Sabrina is like, oh, yeah, we don't take ourselves too seriously. Like, don't look at us. We're just like some edgy little teen. But like, I kind of respect Riverdale more because she's just out there just being yeah. like, this is me. It's the difference. It's the same difference between watching Tommy Wiseau in the room versus Sharknado. Yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah. Who cares about the spoof parody bullshit? I want to see someone who really believes in this, even if they're not like fully conveying what they want to. I want to see courage. I want to see real. Yeah, courage. exactly. Yeah. And um, cool. I think that like somebody that makes uh, I don't know. I know this about Riverdale because I'm such a stand bitch, but like. The cast members really like each other. They, they are they are friends outside mm-hmm. of this. And that like going back to Linnea's topic, the bachelor people, they are actually all friends. When you see bachelor in paradise, they all know each other. Um, that's, that makes it, that makes it for me. They all seem like they're having a fucking blast on Riverdale. Sabrina, like, I don't like Kiernan Shipka. That could also be it. But she does say whenever she refers to Satan, she says the dark Lord, and that's almost reason enough to watch this show. That is almost reason enough. <laughs> I think I would watch Riverdale. I I've like I've like started. I think I got like half a season into Riverdale, and I remember really enjoying the camp of it. the The actors are all really really attractive, and it's like yes. it's very good at being like casting people that it's like Greece, where it's like we know you're thirty. Yeah. So and we're gonna watch you fuck. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it does something that like I think that's something like uh euphoria could never do because they're like, we want kids to look like kids. And it's like mm-hmm. I'm super uncomfortable when you guys kiss because you're kids. Um, but with Riverdale, I'm like, these are adults and um I'm down. I <laughs> I can yeah. Well, you know, Melanie, uh, you said something earlier that people <laughs> you can really see the the friendship between the characters in oh, yeah. Riverdale. And and I think that's one of its strengths. And I think people will be able to read that from our voices. Uh, listening and to I this. think that's one of the strengths of this podcast is the friendship. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. And people can read that from our voices. That's what I'm saying. I'm just using more words to say it. Yeah. And he's saying it in a nice voice. And I think that the way they're going to be able to tell that we're friends is because we're, we're, we're still talking. <laughs> that's true. And we still like each other. 
I must stop recording first. No, yeah, hold on. I, I don't stop recording. I'm. I still need to finish. I still need to sign <laughs> off. Oh, okay. Well, I just think anyway. <laughs> that is gonna do it for our first episode of whatever this is. Oh, the current podcast that I'm on. That's right. The uh, podcast I'm currently on isn't yeah. that what it is? Or it's one of those. You'll you'll see the post. You'll come see back it. next week for more discussions. Yeah. Come back. Oh shit! Oh, shit. oh fuck! Oh, fuck.